the gospel according to John, chapter 18, from verse 25 to 27. The Gospel according to John, chapter 18, from verse 25 to 27. Now, let us read uh, the Bible if you are there. Now, Simon Peter, I'm reading from ESV, <coughs> verse 25. Now, Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowd. The subject that I will be considering this morning is betraying or denying Christ, the burden of every man. Betraying or denying Christ, the burden of every man. Again, let us pray. Father, breathe upon this word and cause understanding to be given, cause clarity to be given. And we pray that you restrain the hand of Satan and that distractions and misunderstanding may not be seen among us. Let your word rejoice our soul, even as it comes forth through these lips of clay. And I ask that you will use me for your own glory and take away self-pride and the fear of man that I may instruct in righteousness and that I may speak as I ought. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please return to your seat. Again, if today is your first time worshiping, a warm greeting on behalf of the leadership of this church to you all. At the end of the service, please just hang around so we can shake hands and uh, get to know each other more. Uh, but it rained almost through yesterday down to this morning. I hope you are keeping warm. So please, it's cold time and uh, none should come down with uh, pneumonia. Please keep yourself warm. Keep yourself warm. And if you are all the singles, keep yourself warm legitimately. Okay. Buy yourself some blankets. Today is the anniversary of uh, uh, 2001, September 11th, uh, uh, terrorist attack on the United States of America, on the Twin Towers in New York, on the Pentagon, 
and then uh, the other one that failed to reach the White House. Uh, we, will, we will pray that such day may not come upon us as a country and that the Lord will continue to be with America. And also we're going to pray for our friends in the United Kingdom. Almost every church that we know are uh, taking our time to remember the life and times of the Queen. And the Queen of England is not just the Queen of England. He's the Queen of of other realms and territories. And she's actually the queen of Nigeria uh, by extension because we belong to the Commonwealth uh, of Nations. So it's, uh, but it's not our head of state. He's the queen of England, he's the queen and head of state of Australia and Canada, Jamaica, and other territories. Uh, she has been on the throne for 70 years. So mm, who is up to 70 years here? Many of us grieve to meet Queen, I mean, the Queen. And uh, uh, people, a lot of people are quite upset at her passing. And uh, not all of us, but a lot of people are upset at her passing. And we mourn with, with the people of the United Kingdom. I think he, she's, a, she's an evangelical, Christ, uh, evangelical Christian. We learned that the Queen pray. Uh, Almost every night on her knees, all through her life, she believed in God, firm in faith. And there is one particular book that she uh, allowed to be written in her name. And the title of that book is The Servant Queen and Her God and, and the King She Serves. And that book kind of uh, evaluates her faith in the God of the Bible. Now, the new king, Charles III, uh, we are not really sure whether he's a Christian. She has been taking some courses in Quran few, uh, some years now. Uh, and many of you will understand that England have changed under the Queen. <laughs> a lot of changes have come. Uh, we pray for them that the gospel light will continue to be evident in the United Kingdom. And, uh, and that can be our prayer. At the end of the service, uh, we'll be praying for Brother Daniel, uh, who had a birthday, and then uh, my two girls, Uyo and Uya, who had their birthdays. I'll be asking Brother Tayo to come forward at that time to pray for them. And if uh, the Salamis will come through later, we'll also pray for Mrs. Salami, who uh, celebrated yesterday have pulling out of uh, civil service. Let us get to the scripture, betraying Christ or denying Christ, <clears throat> the burden of every man. This story of Peter's denial of Christ appears in all of the gospels. The three gospels that refer to synoptics have uh, their own and then John also have its own. The story is found, can be found in Matthew chapter 26, verse 69 forward. Let me just put the pieces that were not in all of them together so that you will understand that when I speak to these issues, I'm speaking uh, from all the four Gospels. In Matthew account, uh, 
Peter denied Jesus three times, and at the end of his denial, he remembered what Jesus had told him, and then he went out weeping bitterly. That was not rendered in the book of John. Mark chapter 14, verse 66 forward in, uh, Mark records the sequence, the sequencing in the, in the, in the, in the cock that was, uh, that was crowing. Happens uh, that, uh, the first time Peter denied Jesus, the cock crowed. And that was to remind him, isn't it? But he didn't remember. And then the second time, the cock crowed. And then he remembered. Uh, what Jesus told them. So the sequencing. That in Luke chapter 22, verse 54, Luke adds some details, uh, particularly in the in the, du- the duration, kind of the duration that the, the denial lasted. So the, the, the Bible says Peter denied Jesus the first time. And about an hour later, he was still hanging around the fire and then the second inquisition or the second inquiry was made of him and then he denied again. So it, it wasn't like, uh, oh, something, do you know Jesus? No. Do you know Jesus? No. Do, it's like there were some durations, like maybe two, three hours of, 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 of processing of all of these things in the mind of Peter. And Luke added that Jesus turned the third time because of the proximity between Jesus and the fire and Peter, the third time Jesus turned and looked on Peter, and Peter was broken in heart and went out weeping bitterly. The, the book of John, where we'll be considering this morning, did not add Jesus looking at Peter, did not add Peter weeping bitterly. Okay. So the four accounts of this uh, story, all the writers choose the, what they want to lay emphasis on, and uh, but we are in 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 John. Uh, my intention this morning is to impress upon our hearts uh, about our allegiance to Christ. There is the, there is one chorus that is popular in Nigeria or in in, in our churches that I pledge my allegiance to the Lord, our kind of, our covenant to be faithful to Christ, inherent in our regeneration and justification, is what I want to impress upon our hearts again. That it is not just Peter, it is a possibility for all Christians to deny the Lord that have loved them so much. And in the day of testing, it is the extent of our loyalty to Christ that we speak. The story of 911 story, there's a particular, there, were, there were about one, two, how many airplanes were hijacked? Four airplanes were hijacked. Two went to New York and ran into the Twin Towers. One went towards Pentagon and ran into Pentagon. The fourth one were actually heading to the White House. And then the Americans on that flight had to make a quick decision. So when they look at their situations, they discover that this plane had been hijacked. And the direction the plane were heading was towards the White House. 
the, the patriotism in them came to life. And some military guys were on that flight. And uh, some of them just make a quick SMS to their wife or to their girlfriend that, it, it, that this plane is going towards and they want to fight the terrorists and do something about it. And all the men instinctively rose up and fought with the terrorists on that plane and were able to turn the airplane from heading towards Washington, uh, to White House, and then it went to the one field in, uh, I think it should be uh, uh, Penis, uh, Penis Levia, yeah, Penis Levia, and then the, sorry, and Pennsylvania, sorry, sorry, Pennsylvania, yeah, and then they all perished. And it, it is recorded that it is their patriotism, it is their devotion to their country, uh, that pay off that day. The greatest temptation for every Christian man is staying true and to hold true allegiance to Christ. The greatest temptation of every Christian man and woman is, is in staying true and hold true allegiance to Christ. The book of Revelation chapter 2 verse 8, the Lord writing to his church saying, verse 8 forward and said, and to the angel of the church in Smyrna writes, The words of the first and the last, who died and came to life, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. And for 10 days, you will have tribulation. And this is the word of the Lord to the church. He said, be faithful unto what? Unto death. And I will give you the crown of life. When he can, when it comes, when it comes to our devotion to Christ, the, the irreducible minimum, what Christ requires of his children is that, when, when, when the tire meets the road, a Christian man and a Christian woman must bear true allegiance to Christ, even in the face of death. Our devotion to God requires that if it means to lay down our lives, is more than worth it. Church, are you with me? I know it's quite cold, and uh, if it's too cold, put on the AC so that people can... Uh, have uh, uh, their life, okay, in church. So the story before us today is that of Peter. Peter was the chief apostle. He is the one that declared Jesus by the Holy Spirit as the only and true Son of God. And, and part of the agony of Christ uh, during his death is not so much about the nails or the crucifix, it is some of the emotional and psychological trauma that he endured. The agony he endured around the betrayal of his own men and in the hands of the Jews and in the hands of the government. His disciples failed him. Judas had sold him. Peter is betraying him. The remaining ten fled for their dear lives. So we could see the a trinity of betrayal. 
His close associate betrayed him. The church, the religious establishment betrayed him, denied him. Then the state also denied him. The only thing that remaineth on the day of his passion was he himself, because he cannot deny himself. So when they ask him whether he is Jesus of Nazareth, he said, I am. There are three things I want to run us through about Peter and then draw some lessons. One is that Peter in the cold. Peter confronted and Peter collapsed. The first thing Peter in the cold. In verse 18 of chapter 18, uh, we learned that, uh, that, that, is, uh, that Peter was standing uh, with some of uh, the officers. He was standing with the, with the soldiers. It was very cold. It was cold evening when Christ was arrested. I don't know whether it was a divine coincidence. It was very cold in the evening that Christ was arrested. And Peter followed. And there's something we can say about Peter following. You know, some of us thought the guy had no liver, but we can give him some credit that at least among the 12, Judas was out. Uh, Judas was out, and then I think John was was here in this story, following Jesus. But Peter, even though with fear in his heart, was able to follow at a distance. We can give him credit for his confidence and courage to follow even at a distance. And the rest of the disciples were running around, but Christ, uh, but Peter was following Christ. Uh, he was afraid, but he was concerned for the life of his Savior and Master. At the same time, he was feeling cold. You know, sometimes circumstances, you know, what, 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 sometimes you are feeling something and then you are feeling something else. You, you have fear, you are concerned about the life of the master, but nature, you, know, you, you, you can't treat nature. Peter was feeling cold. He was in the cold. And this cold has set the stage for the denier. He is not standing, uh, warming himself. Among the enemy, the, it is the soldiers that have uh, made this fire. They brought charcoal together. The servant girls, uh, the servant of the high priest, and the soldier made fire. And then the enemies had made fire. And Peter knew for sure that these guys were their the enemies. He's not sitting or standing among them, warming himself. Uh, what he is saying is, is, is I think it's, that's what all of us almost do sometimes, pragmatism. They are my enemies, but uh, man must, man must uh, eat, but they no be, no be more, no be more you know, as, as the, the end justify uh, the means. And uh, two things happen, he's with the enemy. And one thing with the fire is that, I don't know how many of you grew up in the village, how many of you have warmed yourself with fire before, you know, in the days where there's no heater, uh, no, all of you grew up in the city, some of you grew up in New York, you can't even eat a bar, I know some of you are posh, you are Jabota, but some of us grew up in the village, and when it's cold, really, really cold, like just cold, you need fire. And one thing about fire is that when you are warming yourself by fire, what happens is that if you stay out of the fire, the cold, is like the cold triple. So you have to stay longer with the fire. And, 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 and Peter had no choice than to stay longer. And the longer he stayed around the fire, 
the more his identity is being discovered. The thing that is meant to warm him up is putting him in trouble. And another thing that we notice when you are by the fire is that it's discussion. You know, how many of you have been to newspaper stand before? How many of you are customers to newspaper stand? I know the first time Eliezer found Brother Ayo, he found, oh, <laughs> you know, if you go to a, a typical Nigerian newsstand at UTC, I'm giving you a clue now where you can find UTC is one of the key places, uh, zone five, opposite PDP, Wadata House, there's another joint there, where you can give me the, the newspaper stand. That's where you see commentators. You, you, some, some people will tell you they're not Tinubu, they have not even seen there, but they'll tell you, that even yesterday they were with Tinubu in Lagos, that they just came this morning, that their commentary is the right one. So if you are standing by the fire, what do you do? You run commentary. And what was the fresh things that evening? Jesus, the man that was arrested, and I'm sure most of the military guy there don't even know Jesus. It's not that they send them to go and arrest him, and they've arrested him. He's been questioned by the high priest. And then they are just waiting, warming themselves for the next instruction about Jesus. And the more he's standing there and trusts Peter. How many of you know Peter from the Bible? He can't keep his mouth shut. He's running his mouth. I was saying, hmm, what an accent, you know? <laughs> what an accent. He does have a Galilean accent. And his, his accent, his accent is putting him in trouble. His accent, his accent is putting him in trouble. How I wish he closed his mouth and just warming himself. Maybe he has some face cap to, to conceal his identity. But the guy was warming himself and also running his mouth. Peter is in the cold. And metaphorically speaking, when Jesus was removed from them, Peter and the rest of the disciples are now in the cold. I think you understand the metaphor of now in the cold. They are now alone, fearful, and confused. We saw Peter now in the Peter is feeling cold and Peter is being warmed by the enemy's fire. And Peter is making some discussions, running commentary around the events of the evening. In the second place, we saw Peter being confronted. Being confronted. Now Simon Peter, verse 25, was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied and said, I am not. In fact, in the other gospel, he said, Man, I have no idea what you are talking about. And the, the gospel writer are showing this to, to, by way of intensifying the gravity of the offense that Peter is committed. Peter was not just one of the lower cadre in the apostolic club. He is the chairman. He is the bishop of the bishops. He is the archbishop of the twelve, if I must borrow that listing. Uh, he said, I am not. I am not. They said, ah, Peter. P people were looking at him. Uh, they are looking and they are asking two basic questions. Are you his disciples? Uh, one of his, are you one of the disciples? And he said, no, I'm not. And they said, they asked again, 
we saw you. Were you in the garden? And he said, I mean, the garden one was even fresh, like few. And the Bible remember that the second person, the third person that asked Peter was a relative. You know how devil organized things, eh? How is it that the relative of the person that Peter caught his ear was able to identify Peter under the cover of the night and say, oh, you are the one. You caught my brother's ear. Are you not the one? Say, I have no idea what you are talking about. I don't know Jesus. I don't know him. Uh, I, I, and I was not in the garden. Now, if you are not, if you are not part of the disciples uh, club, you were not in the garden. What are you doing? You are not part of the soldiers. You are not part of the servant of the high priest. You are not part of the, okay, you are not part of the mob. What? Peter just seems so odd in all of the numbers. And both his accent, his dressing, his mannerism was giving him out and he was denying, being confronted with clear questions that requires clear answers. And the way the question was phrased was so direct that it does not require explanation. That say, they said, you are one of the disciples, isn't it? That is emphatic. And he's, he's boxed in the corner and said, I'm not, I'm not, I am not. And why we are surprised because we don't really know why they were asking him. It wasn't that Peter was arrested by the soldiers and maybe taken to an interro interro interrogation room and then they are questioning him. That's not, it is the, it is the people, like the, the servant girl, the ordinary people asking him questions. And we don't really know why they were asking because the disciples were not on the wanted list. When the high priest gave an order for Jesus' arrest, it was Jesus alone that they want. They came to the garden, they found him and the disciples, and Jesus even made a bargain and said, if it is me you were looking for, then touch my disciples. And they didn't touch them. They let them go. They let them go. So what, where is this coming from? Maybe they were just asking innocent questions, just, just to, ah, are you, are you the friend of this man? And just, that's just, that's just it. Assuming he said yes, maybe nothing could have happened. Or they were looking for uh, troublemakers. Because Peter has caused a scene in the garden. He has used knife or sword to cut off the ears of Marcus. Uh, nobody really knew the reason for their questioning, but they did ask questions and confront Peter in that, uh, that evening. He was confronted. He was, Peter was cold. Peter was... Uh, confronted with direct questions, are you his disciple? In the third place, Peter collapsed. And we saw that both in verse 25, verse 26, and verse 27. He said, I don't know what you are talking about. I am not. In fact, the synoptics added this phrase that Peter was denying with a curse. Like if I know him, if I know him, may plagues, may evil things happen to me. Or in Nigerian parlor, you say, may thunder, may thunder fire me, if I know the man you are talking about. But if you read chapter 13, turn to the book of John chapter 13, verse 36. Simon Peter said to Jesus, Lord, 
Where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I, I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow to you have denied me three times. Look at the background of the denial. He said, Lord, if, if you come to death, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Now, Peter is not even faced with death. They have not arrested him. They have not yet arrested him. There's no handcuff. Nope, they have not touched him yet. Now, how many of you were, have been in a situation where cowardice took over you? It's like, I don't like to use soldiers as example, but for instance, some, some guys, some, some cadets, hungry cadets from NDA, maybe five of them are standing smoking cigarettes, and then you are just passing. And they say, hey, come here. Now what happened to you immediately? What happened to you immediately? Sit down. Lord, I commit my life. I don't know what they're going to do to me. And I, it's always like that. Peter is, 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 is making human judgments. He's denying with a curse. Why was he denying this? Why is, why is this collapse? Why this monumental failure of the apostle? Maybe fear. Fear that if you own up that he is one of the disciples, that he will get himself into trouble. It could be that, that's okay, why are you here? Maybe you are following us so you can uh, spy and then maybe go and talk to your friends because Jesus had a lot of following. Maybe he's afraid. Maybe doubts. I mean, if I want to stick my neck for this man, at this point, because as we, as, as we shall see later, when they went out fishing, you know, what the disciples said, not even, even on, the, on their way to Emmaus, when Jesus asked them, what are you talking about? You know what they said? They said, well, so it has been three days now. That, our, that Jesus, that, that the one man Jesus died. Oh. And they said, we thought, we thought he's the savior. But, <laughs> I mean, how could he be the savior? How could the savior be arrested in this manner? So Peter may have doubts. Say, Let me not stick my neck. I mean, this man may not be the, the same person we, we thought. I mean, look at the way they are kicking him. Look at the way they are beating him up. Look at the way he's just... Because at the point of his arrest, Jesus looked so ordinary. I mean, the kind of slap and kick that was coming upon him. Nothing, nothing divine around him. No shaking. I mean, can you slap your local masquerade like that? I mean, if, if you're, you're, you're masquerade, if you touch your masquerade, you're supposed to fall. Or touch your pastor, you know, Nigerian pastors, if you touch them. They say, if you touch me by mistake, okay, I see them. <laughs> Say, if you touch me by mistake, you die by correction. You know? There's a pastor that calls himself fire, thunder. There's another pastor that calls himself fire for fire. You know? You don't touch, if you touch a Nigerian pastor, you just go and write your will. You are finished. You are finished. They will come after you. In fact, some of them will come after you physically. Some of them hire assassin. Come after you. Maybe he has doubt now. Um, number three, maybe he forgets. The, the prophecy that Christ gave him that you will deny 
forgetfulness. And he was not too sure why they were asking him. And then he denied the Lord in the face of his own promise. Now I'm going to remember the day of our vow when we were getting married. And then, uh, and then you, let's say, uh, it, is a, it is a married people that understand this one. Those on this side may not understand anything. And they said, I take thee to be my lawful and beloved wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, in sickness and in health, in <laughs> till death to us pass. And then you now put the ring, they say you may kiss your bride. Some of your head is now <laughs> kiss your bride. But a year down the line, two years down the line, how many of us remember our vows? That's we are, that's we are. Our vows. To have and to hold. Now we refer to our wife as this woman or this man. This year, year man. This year, year man. We all are like Peter. In the day of testing, in the day of testing, only God knows who will stand. You know, Jesse Ryle, making commentary on this passage, said the story of Peter is to teach us lessons, lessons in overconfidence. Lesson in overconfidence, lesson in prayerlessness. The Lord told him that he will fall, isn't it? The Lord also told him to pray. Was he praying? You remember his sword? He was overconfident. He was, he was, he was prayerless. And then the enemies got him. Peter called. Peter confronted. Peter collapsed when he was confronted. And that reminds me of a scripture in the Old Testament that said, if you fail in the days of adversity, your strength is small. Peter collapsed. And he collapsed heavily. You see, Luke made him also, if I deny Elias behind his back, it's better. The person you are denying is standing like, he was even hearing what you are discussing. Say, do you know the, say who? Him? He looked like Nigerian skit, Nigerian comedy. Do you know him? He said, hmm? Hmm? Do you know him? He said, actually, you know, that's if, actually, I mean, what is actually? Do you know him? Yes or no? He said, you know, you know, when I was in the, uh, do you know him? And you now say, uh, you know, uh, uh, the queen, you know, died last week, and uh, do you know him? You are not, there's no actually. So the first point of application I want to impress upon our heart this morning, looking at the story of Peter, is that we, all of us here, particularly Christians, we do not have inherent capacity to stay true to our commitments. On a good day, we are lawbreakers. We are covenant breakers. We don't have inherent capacity to stay true and to bear true allegiance to our commitments. 
And John was painting a picture for us. When they asked Jesus who he was, he said, I am. When they asked Peter to identify himself in relationship to Jesus, he said, I am not. With bold face. And the Bible said, let every man who thinks stand should take heed lest he falls. Overconfidence is the overconfidence is the Achilles heels of many Christians. So no, no be me, no be me until it happened. No, I cannot deny Christ too until there are five Boko around people now by this door with a dagger, not even with guns. I mean, I would prefer to die by a gunshot than by slaughter. But what if they just okay on a single file? And I say, who is Samson actually in this church? <laughs> you know, when he came this morning, worship, uh, good morning. I am Samson actually Ogu. I'm your worship leader. Now, who is Samson? Who be Samson? I'm sure patients will not say Naim. You find I say. You know they, you know they. Something. Do you have? Do you have something in this church? No, 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 no. Okay, they have a list. Who is Andrew? <laughs> and then Andrew step forward, and then he's in the pool of his blood. I'm not, I'm not painting the picture. It has happened in this country, isn't it? It has happened in Jaws. It has happened in Kano. It has happened everywhere. And then people, and it has happened in church history. The story of the lapse. The question, I think it's when I was, the, the question as to what happened to those who backslid has to do with the days of persecutions when Christians could not stand it. Sometimes they will start with your husband and cut off your husband's head and start with the children, one after the other. And then they say, okay, what of you? Are you still standing? And we say, ah, maybe make you Jesus. This heaven and hell serve. Who has gone there and come back? Make her come die. Maybe person where they are alive will confess and repent. She be they say, God will forgive us if we, God is uh, faithful and just. Is there anything that God, within 60 seconds, you've made all judgment. And then I said, no, I know the Christian, no. Uh, I, I was just passing by, and uh, they say, I don't even know whether this is in a church. I just passed by, and uh, I don't even know what they are doing here. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, your mouth go change. Be careful. Unless your confidence is in God and have a strong communion with Christ, even as an apostle, Peter, the one that have the keys. The one on whom the, the Lord is building his church on the basis of his confession. According to the Roman Catholic Church, he was the first pope. The first pope of the church. Say, he say, he say, man, I have no idea what you are talking about. We are covenant breakers. Both saints and sinners alike. And if you're in Nigeria today, how many of you still trust our politicians? We have no, in, don't, don't delude yourself. You don't have capacity to keep to your commitments. 
Secondly, life will confront us with this question daily and always, both in the public and in the private. And the question will be, are you his disciple? When one millionaire is placed before you in the office to compromise, that question will come through very quickly. Are you his disciples? Were you with him? And the answer requires no equivocation. It's either you are saying, I am, or you are saying, I am not. When you are faced with temptations and trials, many of us deny Jesus when our lives are not even at stake. All you need to do is to bear witness to Jesus before your boss, before your neighbor, before your landlord. But you will deny him. Both in private and public, this question will come. Are you a disciple? You know, unbelievers are, so very, are very good at judging Christians, you know? They say, ah, no be Christian, you be. Like when you are fighting in public, say, oh, God, no be, no be, no be believer, you be. And then you say, live, 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 that, live, live, live. Is it because I'm a Christian? Leave that Christian matter. Let's solve it. And these admonitions is for us. Matthew chapter 10, verse 26. Jesus writing to the disciples, speaking to the disciples, said, So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. And then, verse 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And no one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And he said, even the heirs of your head are numbers. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Verse 32. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my father who is in heaven. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 11. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. My admonition is stay true to Christ, even till death. If we deny Christ and we are ashamed of him, before these adulterous and wicked generations, the Bible says, on the last day, before all the angels and said, Christ will say, depart from me, I know you not. A day will come when Christ, the, the table will turn. When because of the glory now. You know how many of you, many, many, half of you here understand football. Follow. I was beginning to go buy my club jersey recently because they've had five matches without uh, any loss. And I have not mentioned any club's name until something happened. Now I'm behaving as if that club is not my club. 
But if I continue to play the hide and seek, and by the end of this season, the win, hopefully, uh, you will not be surprised that your pastor on a Sunday will wear a particular jersey. Because they say success have father, mother, and, uh, and waiting again. And fail. But failure is an orphan, isn't it? If Andrew becomes the governor of a state now, all of you say, Andrew, uh, Andrew, <laughs> it's our brother, it's our brother. It's our, it's a, it, Andrew is more than a brother to us. It's more than a brother to us. But if Andrew is found with handcuff in area one, what happened to the brother? How many of you say, no, that brother there is our church member, it's my brother. Uh, arrest me with, arrest me with him. Let me die with him, it's my brother. Because the picture is that on the last day, when we, the reward for the faithful is not glaring, everybody wants to claim Christianity. There's a popular, that, this song was written by, I don't know his name, but his name is Osofia. His, Osofia is a popular name. He said, know me when I'm poor, not when I'm rich. You claim relationship. Because you say, my, I say, okay, actually it's my brother. Eh, how do you, he say, you know, his grandfather, his original grandfather, and my great grandfather from my maternal side. And you want to find relationship now. On the last day, he will look at you and say, I don't know you. And some of you say, Jesus, it is in your name. I did this, I did this. I never knew you. And may that not be said of you. If we identify with him now in his suffering, in his death, we shall reign with him. Being a Christian sometimes comes with persecution, comes with hardship, comes with hard decisions that needs to be made. It comes in our offices. It comes with our relations with the opposite sex. It comes, it comes. Every day we have been asked, are you with him? Are you with Jesus? May we not be part of those who deny Christ. I will not end this sermon because John didn't give us the, uh, the, the fact that Peter repented. But I, I, I want to throw that one in. Jesus looked upon Peter. And this gives us hope for those who have denied Christ already. That if you can just repent of your sin, Jesus looked at Peter and forgave him and, 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 and commissioned him to do his work the more. Christ was not saying, Peter, so is me, when he looked upon him, he didn't say, Peter, now me, they talk to you like this. Okay, we shall see. In three days' time, you shall see, you shall see the, the real me, you know? As I was coming to church this morning, one of my brother posts, on the, he, he just finished university. He said, all of those of you that didn't contribute to my university, when I become rich, they should not dare talk to him. The guy is not even rich yet, but he has already figured out that he's going to be rich. But look at the contrast between us and Christ. Loving the unloved. Loving those who betray him. Forgiving those who deny him. Bringing them to the same table with him. When we come around the table of the Lord, 
Paul reminded us that in the night that Christ was betrayed, the table was in the context of betrayal and denial. We are former deniers, we are former betrayers, whom God has saved by grace. And we cannot sit with him, looking at him in the face around the table that we belong to him, that we publicly identify with him in every sense. In every sense. And if you are here today, you have not come to know Jesus. You are Jesus' killer, God-hater. He will save you if you come, if you come to him. He won't throw you away, regardless of what you have done. There is no sin as greater than this one that Peter has commit, uh, had committed. To look at Jesus in the face after three and a half years and said, I do not know the man. But Christ forgave him. Peter did much more after. He, he took some disciples again and said, let's go and fish him. Christ pursued him to the side of the sea, make breakfast for him and his friend, and recalled them back to the table. This table reminds us of our relationship with Christ. Even as Christians, if you have denied Christ yesterday, this past week, come repenting, come repenting around the table of the Lord and receive strength. We have the penchant for putting people down. For instance, of course, I'm not diminishing church discipline. Sometimes if Brother Che did something wrong and we discipline him, we don't want to ever use him again. Even though we that are disciplining him <laughs> have our own sin because in the church it's that those who have been caught and those who are not yet caught are worshipping together. If God forgave Peter, he will forgive you. He will forgive you. But this burden will bear on a daily basis. Am I betraying the Lord in my workplace? Am I betraying the Lord in my privacy? Am I betraying the Lord in my life? Am I betraying the Lord in my marriage? Am I betraying the Lord in the church? And this burden is that which will be here until Christ come. May God grant you strength. May we be found faithful in the day of testing. That even if it's a knife to our head, we should be able to say, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Amen.